I'm Olivia Riggio with the independent New York City's progressive newspaper and website. You're listening to WBAI 99.5 FM. Before we continue with our third segment, I want to encourage everyone who can do so to give generously to WBAI and help keep shows like this on the air. You can give by calling 516-620-3602 or going straight to give to the number 2, WBAI.org. Again, that's 516-620-3602. You can make a one-time donation or better yet, sign up as a WBAI buddy for $10 per month or more and help keep WBAI and shows like this on the air. I'll share that phone number again at the end of the show. And now we turn to Pauline Pisano, a lead organizer with the New York State Poor People's Campaign to discuss its upcoming winter offensive. I'm sorry, uh, it's winter offensive that is already underway. The Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival, is a countrywide coalition of activists that advocates against systemic racism, poverty, ecological destruction, militarism, and religious nationalism. Part of the Poor People's Campaign's network includes homeless unions throughout the country, including groups in Rochester, New York City, and Syracuse in New York. During December and January, the groups are taking part in the National Winter Offensive, an organizing drive that includes a series of information sessions and demonstrations throughout the holiday season to raise awareness for homeless issues. Bazano also recently took part in an anti-eviction protest organized by the Crown Heights Tenants Union. New York just enacted a law that would prevent evictions for most people who are suffering COVID-related financial hardship until May 1st. Thanks for joining us tonight, Pauline. Yes, thank you so much for having me. That was a great introduction. (laughs) I'm glad. So before we jump into the big picture of the winter offensive, what does this eviction moratorium mean for homeless movements in New York? Yes, so I'm glad you brought that up. So yes, so that bill uh, was just passed. And so it gives a 60-day, it's basically, it's kicking the can down the road. Um, so it's, I, I don't want to, um, it's amazing what tenants are fighting for. Um, and it, and it's, it's really a movement that made this happen. Um, and a lot of organizing went into making this happen. But I, I, a lot of people also know that this is just a Band-Aid that's going to last for about 60 days. So actually, um, it's a 60-day moratorium on any evictions in New York State, uh, but you also have to fill out, you can fill out a form that then stays an eviction uh, by May 1st. And so um, everyone's going to be getting a piece of mail that kind of explains this, but you still have to fill out this form. And so there's going to be a lot of organizing, I think, around making sure that people know that they have to fill out this form uh, to, to, to put that into action for May 1st. But also, it's just kicking the can down the road. I mean, this is a national emergency. There's 30 million of people that are going to be facing evictions in the year 2021 right now, and that number could increase. And so it's just kind of a little bit of a stay of uh, what's happening in New York State. So it's amazing. It's an amazing win for tenants and for the movement, but um, anyone that's fighting for that will tell you it's not nearly enough and so much needs to be done. Now, moving on to the offensive, um, specifically, there are a lot of local and national groups at play here. So how are the Poor Mm. People's Campaign the state and citywide homeless unions and all the other groups working together to carry out the winter offensive. Well, yes. So what you explained in the beginning was really great that it's really a coordinated political operation. And so when we think about that, we think about political education um, and uniting the leaders 
from these different fronts of struggle. I think one shift that we've kind of seen is the need for a fusion politic of organizing. So, um, you know, what we're doing is we're seeing, we're basically bringing new and emerging leaders into this analysis of, um, you know, the need to end systemic racism, poverty, ecological devastation, militarism, and the distorted moral narrative of kind of this moment. And so we're kind of really seeing a real uniting of uh, leaders to kind of build this movement because just like this new eviction moratorium, this, this, it needs to be a movement. We need to have that kind of power to kind of restructure um, everything because the system is not working. What are some examples of events the Poor People's Campaign and other affiliated groups have held as part of the winter offensive? Sure. So um, uh, with the winter offensive, we've done a lot of virtual events. Um, and so anybody listening right now, you can go to the National Union of the Homeless, NUH, their YouTube channel and see some of these memorials. So on December 21st, we held uh, uh, an, the annual day of memorial of the people that we've lost in the struggle of homelessness um, and uh, that we've lost to this very violent system. You know, this is, it's, you know, homeless, not helpless. And so we really want to lift that up. So um, we've held those events. We're doing a lot of cultural events, and we have another event on January 15th as well, uh, to kind of, um, which is uh, the, the birthday of Dr. Reverend King. And so just talking a lot about that moment and those movements. And then the Poor People's Campaign is also, you know, we had um, a caravan drive that we did that demanded for a just COVID relief. Um, and we also have, we launched a, a 14 pol- a policy priorities um, that the new administration can enact within the first 50 to 100 days um, that they need to enact our demands that they need to enact so they can um, end poverty and, and homelessness. What is so significant about doing the winter offensive during this season, during the holiday season? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, so uh, I am, I just graduated from social work school. So um, <laughs> I'm a really quick uh, recovering social worker in the sense of, you know, <laughs> we're really fighting for solidarity, not charity. So kind of in this nation's narrative in this moment, when we go through the holiday season, we see a lot of uh, religious institutions, a lot of um, other institutions kind of talk about, uh, you know, charity and, and, and lifting people up through those moments. But we need solidarity, not charity. This problem is not going away, um, you know, with, with simple individual acts of kindness. This is, a, this is an environmental and a structural problem. So the significance is kind of breaking this idea of, um, you know, that it's, you know, that homelessness is, is a thing that just kind of happens. Instead, it's about building power. And so when we think about that, we, we think about really lifting up the leadership of those at the front of struggle. So this is something that I think, at least in my life, um, I've kind of seen and I've definitely, um, you know, as I kind of learned a little bit more, uh, gained some political education, I began to kind of see the systems around me, how this would kind of happen that, you know, you, you know, you would, um, you know, talk about the poor on Sunday and then walk by them on Monday and, and not even think that they're actually your leaders, that when we lift from the bottom, everybody rises. And so, um, it's kind of shifting the narrative, I think, in people's heads about what is possible and what needs to be done uh, to change our objective conditions, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. 
And tell me about the recent anti-eviction protest you took part in and others that have been happening. How did the one that you were at unfold? And are these part of the winter offensive? Ooh, um, I was so, yeah, so uh, I was a part of an anti-eviction protest in New York City uh, uh, earlier this month. Um, and it was, you know, we were going to the different law offices uh, that were executing uh, evictions uh, in Crown Heights. So I was at the Crown Heights Senate Union um, as an advocate with them. And uh, the experience was uh, quite difficult. We did not know um, all we I actually did not know. I've practiced civil disobedience before, but this is the first time that I actually didn't expect to get arrested in the in the way that we were. Um, we were kettled before we left the building. We, we were leaving the building, and then we were arrested, and we were held for nine hours. And this kind of goes back to the other point that you brought up, is that, you know, we were held um, in a pandemic. You know, we had our masks on and everything, but, you know, we're held in the cell in a pandemic for nine hours. There were 11 of us in the, that identified as women that were in the woman's cell. There wasn't enough places for people to sit. And this is all happening when the precinct is having their holiday party. Um, and, uh, it was very difficult. It was very difficult treatment, uh, that, you know, that we were receiving, um, which is not surprising, but it's always surprising. It's one of those things. Um, and so, you know, eventually we were let out, um, and then the spill, and then, you know, the spills won. So I think, I think that this, what happened, uh, in New York state with the spill is it's a, a lot of people doing a lot of work. It's not one person it's not one person running a bill. It's not some silver bullet. It's a lot of people pushing to do this work. And so when I think mm -hmm. about if this is a part of the winter offensive, it absolutely is because the strategy of the winter offensive is to unite leaders and I think build strength and power. So because of all of the political education, um, because, you know, the work that I've been doing with the Poor People's Campaign for the last three years, I knew that I had to go to this anti-eviction protest. And you know, and I knew that I needed to connect with the new people that were going to that anti-eviction protest, that somebody who is a little bit more of a seasoned activist like myself, there's things, you know, there, I, I'm there to help people that are getting into activism or, or getting into protests for the very first time, um, you know, to kind of be there. So in that way, I really do see that as a, as a winter offensive, because, again, it's a coordinated political project. Mm -hmm. And what are the ultimate goals or demands? of this year's winter offensive? Oh, yeah, uh, to end homelessness. <laughs> I mean, that's the demand, to reinstate universal right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's the, that's the demand. And that's, that's part of where, you know, some of the, you know, the nonprofit industrial complex, I would like to say, or some of these, some of these other institutions, like the goal is to end homelessness. It doesn't have to be at a time where there is massive abundance of wealth in this country nationwide, we are seeing the billionaire class get richer and richer and richer while the poor are getting poorer and poorer and poorer. And so the demand is to end homelessness. Everybody has a right to live. Everybody has a right to a house. And the thing is that we can do it. There are so many vacant lots that don't need to be vacant lots. And we have to rethink and restructure and reorganize how everything is run and we have got to start listening to the people from the very front lines of struggle. Um, you know, that's a really important thing because we can miss we can miss a lot of opportunities and miss an analysis if you are not at the front of struggle. And 
you know, as someone um, that has gone through, uh, you know, school and social work and things like that, you know, it's really, it's really important that we understand that the poor are the experts of their own life and that it's not the other way around, that, um, that change has to come from that. That's part of our theory of change, um, that it comes from that leadership. Mm-hmm. And how does this year's winter offensive differ or perhaps be more dire than in years past because of COVID-19? I know you mentioned um, your experience even protesting, you know, the stakes are high with um, the possibility of getting arrested and put in a cell with a lot of people. You know, the stakes are very, the stakes are very high. I was definitely terrified for a little bit when that, when we weren't expecting for that to happen. Um, and I, so I think two things. So yes, this is a, a, re, a reinstating of the National Museum of the Homeless from the 80s and 90s. And I think one really big, um, the leaders of that mo- movement are in this, moment with us as well. And so they really talk about the fusion politic. Um, so it's not, you know, they see that it's not to end homelessness. You also have to talk about systemic racism and you have to talk about, you know, environmental destruction that's happening. You have got to talk about militarism. Um, so I think that's one, that's one major piece of it. It's just the thinking about it and how, how it's being organized. That's different. Um, but then in this moment, Again, 30 million people are faced with evictions across this country, and it's it's it, it's a it, it this needs to be absolutely addressed if we are to survive as a nation. Um, you know, Dr. King talks about we could you know perish a spiritual death if uh, if we are not a person-oriented society. You know, and the thing is, is that most of the working class are people-oriented societies. We just have to be organized so we can force the powers that be to gain the political will to do what we need them to do when they are desirous to say no. Mm-hmm. And now we're about to run out of time, but um, where can people go if they want to get involved um, with the Winter Offensive, with the Poor People's Campaign, or with their local homeless union? I, that's my favorite question. Um, so uh, you can go to the poorpeoplescampaign.org to learn about the Poor People's Campaign. We are in 40-plus states across this nation. We have a list of 14 policy priorities that we are demanding the new administration to immediately enact, um, and we're going to hold them accountable to that. Um, so you can, you can get involved in your local chapter, and I think that that's really important. And then also you can go to the National Union of the Homeless, NUH's uh, YouTube channel, to view some of the past um, events like the memorial that we had on December 21st. And also you can view that live for January 15th. And through that, through those means, you will find your local leaders um, that you can then connect with um, and, and fight for, you know, we're going to fight for the objective conditions that we all need in this moment. Um, Cause that's mm-hmm. extremely, I mean, our lives depend on it. Well, thank you so much for your time today. That just about wraps up this week's edition of the Independent News Hour.